The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. And welcome to episode 596 of the Sonic Society, the world's greatest showcase of modern audio theater. I'm Jack Ward, coming to you from Siberian steppes. Yeah, I, and, and I'm and I'm David Old Jack. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know that Nova Scotia has been going through its own level of winter storms, but uh, you're not even you're not in Siberia, you're not even from Siberia, especially with that accent. You are in Canada. Right, you are, David. But you could set your watch by this show's Russian linguistics. Ah, your hints suggest to me that we're about to listen to The Timekeeper from 11th Hour Productions, written by Miss May and adapted by Owen McEwen, and also Russian for Cats by Pam Cameron, who brings us the story of a bilingual kitty named Nadia. It's almost as if you could read my script. I mean my mind. <laughs> yes, we are a single dyad indeed, Jack. For I know what you're going to say when I say, and it all begins right here... On the Sonic Society. Amazing, David. How do you do that? Oh, magic. 11th Hour Audio presents... The Timekeeper. By Miss May. enjoyed your shopping excursion. I could walk this shop all day. Honestly. Unbelievable. Oh, excuse me. Just a moment, please. Mortimer's Curiosities, how may I help you? No, I'm sorry, we don't have any... Well, yes, we do, but uh, that is a furnishing of the shop, and it is not for sale. Well, of course, you're welcome to walk about the shop and peruse our offerings. All right. Thank you for ringing. Good day. I do apologize for the interruption. Thank you for your patience. And enjoy your purchase, won't you? Uh, yeah, considering the cost. I'd better, hadn't I? <laughs> <laughs> but you know where to contact me, Mr. Mortimer. I do love your little treasures here. What an exquisite selection. Thanks so much. And do have a lovely day. May I help you? Sorry if I alarmed you. I'm the proprietor, Mortimer. 
Are you searching for a, a particular auntie? I don't, I don't, I don't know. This will sound crazy, but I've been having this dream. I've gone to so many places, but I, I can't find it anywhere. My, that is a lovely bracelet. Bronze, yes? Did you perchance purchase it here? No, I brought it back from holiday. Anta. Yes, well, it is very beautiful. But back to your query. Perhaps if you describe the item you've been searching for. Maybe. In my dream, there's a voice telling me to find it. It's calling me. Calling my name. It's here somewhere. I can feel it. Oh, I, I have to. <gasps> That's it! It's not for sale. This is it! It's not for sale. Listen to it. That luring tick-tock, tick-tock. That's its voice. It's calling me. But it's larger than I dreamt. It's so tall. So dark. So ancient. And I can open this glass case and reach past that pendulum. Uh, Be right there. Please, do browse. this, Mr. Mortimer. And it's Egyptian, too. It is. I do have a keen eye for what's genuine, you know. Oh, I know. I've never been disappointed with anything I've bought from you. And these hieroglyphs say that it belonged to a concubine of the Pharaoh Ramses? His favorite concubine, as a matter of fact. Anta. Named after the goddess of war, I'm supposing. That's so incredible. It's worth Every penny you ask. <laughs> I'm happy you agree. Thanks for selling this to me. Remember, I'm number one on your list. Oh, you certainly are, Mrs. Saywell. May I help you, sir? Um, I don't know. Careful. These papers are very valuable. Um, yeah. Whatever. I'm looking for... I don't know. See, I keep having this dream and... Mm. If you're searching for a present for a girlfriend, I'm sure we can locate something appropriate and... uh, affordable. Not that. See, it's this dream. A crazy dream, and it won't leave me alone. And and there's a voice calling. It's calling my name. 
I've been checking all the shops, but I haven't found it yet. Damn. It's hot, man. My, what an interesting medallion. A piece like that must be very hard to come by. Well, a collector such as yourself will find himself very much at home in my shop. You're certainly welcome to browse. I have many items available, as you can see. Yeah, but none of this stuff is what I'm looking for. Maybe, I don't know. It's gotta be here. I can feel it. The dream's driving me nuts. And I can't sleep, because it... What is it? It's not for sale. I know. This is... It's cursed. Evil. It wants me to open the glass front because behind the pendulum is a hallway and it's telling me to enter. I don't know if I should, but it wants me to. It's calling me. Calling me. Uh, coming. Uh, just a moment, please. Young man. It's not for sale. Babylonian, you say? Oh, absolutely. Hmm. How do you know that? I am a master at my craft, sir. <laughs> I agree. Especially after I inspected that bronze bracelet you sold Mrs. Saywell. She'll die with envy when she sees this medallion. The Babylonians predate any Egyptian pharaohs. <laughs> You've certainly beaten her, sir. She'll be upset with you for selling to me. Well, she understands the competition is fierce. And that first come, first served is my number one rule. I like you. We'll do business again. Be sure of it. I look forward to it. Sorry, sir. I, I didn't know you were here. I... I was about to close up for the day, sir, so unless there's something I can help you with... Don't matter none, does it? I've dreamed of this, you know. It's called me, it has. Called me to come, to seek it out. So here I be. Your ring, good sir. It is quite handsome. No doubt it has many stories to tell. It can't be refused, this timepiece. I've tried, but nay. Its will is stronger than mere man's. You can't fight its power. It wants me. Wants me to enter. There it be. Its door. Opening, you see. It knows I'm here. It, it wants me 
to step into that corridor. Sir, the clock isn't for sale. Beautiful, Mortimer. Ming Dynasty, you say? Mm -hmm. If I say so, sir, then of course it is. <laughs> True. Exquisite piece. Wrap it up smartly, eh? My wife will love it. Maybe she'll keep quiet about my little oh, indiscretions with a certain member of my staff. Ah, Mr. Dennison. My lips shall be forever sealed. I knew I could count on you. Last, another reporter. Ugh. Can a man have a little teeny bit of privacy even as he attempts to do personal business? Sorry, I didn't break anything. Fortunate for you, this isn't an antique. You disturbed my customer, miss. I won't have my transactions interrupted. I said I was sorry. Isn't it obvious I don't sell electronic gadgetry, which I assume you're looking for? You are in the wrong shop. No, I've been searching for you all over town, but this place, it feels right. It's, it's here, isn't it? Is what here? The clock. The timepiece. I'm not on drugs, dude. But I keep having this dream. This ancient clock. It's calling me. It claims it'll make me happy. Make all my own dreams come true. <laughs> yeah, crazy, I know. But I can't. I can't take a chance of missing out on finally being happy, can I? I believe you should leave. No. This is it. Finally. It's not for sale. Yeah, you won't sell this. Because it's your partner. I have no idea what you're saying. Miss, if you do not depart my establishment, I will be obliged to call the authorities. <laughs> you won't do that. Because now that I'm here, I can see what's going on. And do you think you can beat me? My dear, you are here of your own volition. Therefore, you must comply. What the hell does that mean? You must be happy. That is your dream. And I have the solution. That wall. Behind the pendulum, it's... it's opening. It is. Open this outer door. Go on. Walk through it. I... I... I can't. This damned thing scares me. Scared? <laughs> A girl of your generation? Oh, I don't believe that. What kind of perverted kicks do you get out of all this? 
right. All right. I'm going. Ah, ah, ah. What are you doing? I've got to hurry, man. The, the wall's closing. Yes, it is. <laughs> However, miss, do you think the gift of happiness comes freely? What? You want money? You're out of luck. I got nothing. A small token will suffice. I don't know what you... The amulet around your neck. Give it to me. No way. This is a family heirloom. It's been in my family for generations. And it was the last thing Dad gave to me before he passed. Ah, your loss, my dear. No, Lucy. Don't come in. Lucy, no. Lucy, no. Lucy, no. No, Lucy. Lucy, no. Don't come in. Lucy, no. Don't come in. Lucy, no. Lucy, don't come in. Do not come in. Lucy, no. Lucy, Your beloved father's voice. Lucy. You bastard. You know it is. Dad. Dad. The hallway's closing. Help me. It will only open when you pay the access price. Go to hell. Dad, no. Just what I ordered. The Timekeeper was written by Miss May and adapted for audio by Owen McEwen. The cast featured in order of appearance Owen McEwen as Mortimer, Nancy McEwen as Woman 1, Janine Gilbert as Woman 2, Jeanette Adamonis as Mrs. Saywell, Glenn Mercer as the Young Man, David O. Steele as the Wealthy Man. Brian Holcomb as the older man, John Boji as Mr. Dennison, and Amara Benson as Lucy. Original music as well as the arrangement of Amazing Grace provided by members of Kickin' Chickens. They are Kurt Mount, Kevin Kelly, and Jack Egan. Sound effects from freesound.org and by Owen McEwen. You can find more of Miss May's work at www.themissmaysite.com, including the original short story, The Timekeeper. Timekeeper cover art by Pat McEwen. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in to www.11thHourAudio.com for the entire collection of World Audio Drama Day contributions.
The Timekeeper was produced and directed by Owen McEwen of Rolling Rehearsal Studios. Welcome to Russian for Cats, a story of danger and adventure that also teaches you Russian. Stay tuned after the story if you want to learn more about the Russian words used in this episode. Chapter 1. Run. Biggie, biggie, biggie. Nadia chanted to herself. She knew how to say run in English but she always defaulted to her native tongue under stress. Locked inside that lab for who knows how many months, she had longed to feel the sun on her fur and feel the breeze move her whiskers again. It just figures she would escape at night, in the dead of winter. Snowflakes dotted her fur, forming constellations against her grey coat. Nadia was alone, a fugitive, running as fast as her dainty paws would carry her down the side of the highway. Each frantic stride took her further and further from that suffocating, windowless prison. She had imagined her escape so many times. Now that it was happening, all she could do was run down the highway, shrinking away from the blinding headlights and loud roar of semi-trucks. Where would she go? The guards would be out looking for her soon. She had to find a place to hide. Somewhere warm, somewhere safe. A snowy highway was no place for a cat, especially not at night. She could veer into the forest, climb a tree, but her nose told her coyotes hunted here. It wouldn't be safe to climb back down. No, Nadia needed shelter, and fast. You might say she needed a miracle. Out here in the middle of nowhere, what were her chances of finding a warm house, much less getting inside? Nadia took a right turn down a dirt road called Hobson Lane and kept running until she came to a small trailer park on a dead-end road. Eight small trailers parked in two rows of four with a path in between. Coloured twinkling lights hung above the windows and yards were littered with lighted Santas and reindeer. Oh, if it's Christmas, I have been gone for a while. In front of trailer six, someone had built a snowman that held an empty beer can in one of its twiggy arms. It wore a purple hat, with the word Vikings stitched to the front. This looks like a friendly place. She said, watching her breath make tiny clouds in front of her face. Nadia looked around for a point of entry. It seemed unlikely anyone would have a door propped open on a cold, snowy night like this. Maybe if I sound really gruesome, someone will take mercy on me. Then she winced out of habit. While she was locked up, Her captors punished her when she mixed her two languages. She automatically corrected herself. Maybe if I sound really sad, someone will take mercy on me. Meow. Meow. Nadia trotted up the steps to the door of number six and tried again. Meow. To her relief, the door opened and she was able to dart inside just as a tall man in boxer shorts and a t-shirt lurched out the door and down the steps. He didn't notice her run inside. He was too busy leaning over and expelling the contents of his stomach onto his snowy lawn. Inside, 
The trailer was dim, lit only by a small desk lamp and a computer screen. Besides the chair, in front of the computer desk, there wasn't anywhere else for a human to sit. Nadia looked around and wondered why this man had filled his home with so much paper. It was like she had shrunk down to the size of a penny and been tossed in the bottom of a wastebasket. There was paper everywhere, piles and piles of it. Newspapers, magazines, books, envelopes and flyers. Have I died and gone to heaven? She wondered. This is a perfect place for a cat. Then she arched her back and puffed out her tail. Of course, there must be Koshka, I mean cat, living here already. Nadia crept between the piles, sniffing every surface carefully. She smelled traces of salt, perhaps from potato chips, a woman's perfume. And was that tuna? She salivated, but no cat smell. Good. She relaxed and started licking herself. As she bent her neck down to groom her chest, she ran into the thin metal collar her captors fitted her with on her first day in the lab. And 2601 was etched into the metal. It would have to come off soon, but she would need help. Nadia leapt onto the desk and carefully stepped onto a pile of magazines next to the keyboard. She sniffed the pages, delighting in their stale, musty scent. She tucked her front paws under and purred. How long had it been since she had sat on paper? The man stumbled back into his trailer, wiping his mouth with his shirt. Nadia froze as the man plopped down in his chair, adjusted his glasses, and stared at his computer screen. Just who do you think you are? Huh? Before Nadia could respond, the man went on. Stealing my girlfriend? Nadia wondered who this man was talking to. I was saving up for a ring. I loved her. And here you come, Mr. Chad Henderson, with your too small t-shirt and your sleeves cut out, and your, your... Hashtag fit fam. Hashtag, oh, look at me. I go to the gym and take selfies in the bathroom mirror. Ugh. Poor guy. Thought Nadia. All alone for the holidays. He sure is having a rough time. The man took off his glasses and wiped the tears from his eyes. I need another drink. The man carefully stepped through the piles of paper and disappeared into the next room. He returned with a can of beer and... Sinking into his chair, he stared at the screen and resumed scrolling. Hustle for a muscle? God, what does she see in him? It's like someone gave CrossFit an enema and this is what came out. This, this fake shallow caveman who thinks he can go around taking whatever he wants just because he lifted something sometime. Nadia piped up. Chad Henderson sounds like real Predurak. She twitched, still expecting an electric shock and relaxed when she felt nothing. The man froze. His eyes slid over to the cat, who had just spoke to him. How, how did you get in here? I, I don't even have a cat. I don't, I don't think. I, did I get a cat? Nadia sat up and extended her paw like a queen greeting a foreign dignitary. Привет. My name is Nadia. And yours? The man waited a few seconds, eyeing her suspiciously before extending his thumb and forefinger to shake her paw. Brian, I must be either dreaming or pretty drunk, because you're talking to me. Da, I am talking to you. 
but you are not as drunk as you think. How many empty beer cans do you see on desk? Uh, two? <laughs> not so drunk then, huh? I guess not. I, then I must be dreaming. If he thinks he's dreaming, then I can keep him from panicking. Da, yes, you must be dreaming. This is such a crazy dream. But back to what you were telling. This Pridurak Chad, he stole your girlfriend, huh? Nadia, this pretty rock Chad? Pridurak. What's that mean, anyway? Uh, it's like you call asshole a jerk. Exactly. So this Pridurak Chad didn't just steal my girlfriend, okay? She was the one. The one. We were going to be together and, and have kids and, and a dog. No, no offense. I'm taken. Like I said, I was saving up for a ring. She was going to be my family. I had it all planned out. And today, out of nowhere, she texts me that we're over because she found this Chad guy. I mean, just look at him. Brian turned the monitor to face Nadia. Chad indeed looked like he spent a lot of time at the gym. A man in his mid-forties with an orangey skin tone paused to grimace at the camera in between one-armed push-ups. I mean, what does he have that, that I don't? Nadia looked back and forth between the gym rat on the screen and Brian, the tall, thin, bearded man sitting before her in his boxers and t-shirt that read, Pants are dumb. Which of you has tuna? That is most important. Now that right here, I got plenty of. Just follow me in here to this kitchen and I'll make you a tuna salad that'll make you slap your mama. My girlfriend, Lindsay, uh, I guess it's like my ex-girlfriend now. Anyway, she loved my tuna sandwiches. Now, she actually did slap her mama over a sandwich once. She's a passionate woman, that Lindsay. Stubborn as a mule. I sure do miss her. Nadia nudged his hand, her face hopeful. Sandwiches? Oh yeah, that's right, I was getting you a sandwich. Hang on. God dang pile of crud. After he disappeared into the kitchen, Nadia focused her attention on the window in front of the desk. It was covered by curtains that were pulled close. Nadia used her nose to nudge aside the closest curtain and peer out. No sign of anyone following her. All was calm and dark at 6 Hobson Lane. Nadia breathed a sigh of relief. She was safe, for now. Brian returned with a scoop of tuna concoction on a paper plate. Nadia trilled with anticipation. Was that basil, she smelled, with a dash of lemon juice. I can't find the bread. I know I put it somewhere. You good with that bread? Da, спасибо. Nadia answered while sitting up on her hind legs to get a better view of the tuna. Brian set the plate down on the desk, and Nadia ploughed into her dinner. You talk funny. I've never had a dream where I couldn't understand somebody. I'm a Russian blue cat. I was born in Barnaul, Russia, where I was kidnapped by scientists and brought to the US. I have lived for a long time in this secret lab. I learned to speak English there. It was not a good place. Tonight, I ran away. Well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. That's a real story right there. Where are you going to go now? Nadia let out a deep sigh. Я не знаю. Which is to say, I don't know. She licked her paw. I cannot go back home. They would find me again. Using her moistened paw, she wiped at the edges of her mouth. I suppose I'm in the market for new home. By the way, what is today? 
It is Christmas Eve, Lab Cat. Merry Christmas Eve. Uh, sorry, I, I didn't get you anything. I wasn't expecting company. Nadia's ears swiveled toward Brian. There is something you could do for me. What's that? I want this collar off of me. Brian bent down and slowly reached his hand toward Nadia, like he was expecting her to disappear as soon as he touched her. He tested the metal collar between his fingers. He tried to pull it upward over her head, but it was too small. We're going to need some bolt cutters. Hang on. Brian turned around and disappeared into the kitchen. Found it! Brian reappeared, holding a rusty set of bolt cutters that fit well in his hand. He squatted down next to Nadia. Hold still. Nadia squeezed her eyes shut and tried not to flinch when she felt the cold metal cutters against her neck. Nadia still had her eyes shut tight when she felt Brian's fingers gently smooth the fur on her neck where her collar had been. She leaned into his hand and purred. Nadia, I I hate to tell you this, but there's a tracker on this collar. This concludes the story portion of Russian for Cats. Catch our next episode to find out what happens next with Brian and Nadia. Joining me now is Russian language expert Elena Vaktina. She holds a Ukrainian passport but considers herself a citizen of the world, and she's here to discuss the Russian words from today's episode. How many languages do you speak, Elena? Well, I speak English, French, uh, Russian, Ukrainian. So Russian and Ukrainian, they are my um, native languages, so I'm bilingual. So did you just grow up in school, they just spoke both or something? Yeah, like, you know, I'm from Ukraine uh, mm-hmm. and from the city which is called uh, Kharkiv. So it's on the eastern uh, part of Ukraine. And uh, basically all people who live in Ukraine, they speak both Russian and Ukrainian, uh, especially those who live in the eastern part, like, like I do. Okay, so let's start with the first, the very first Russian word that the yeah. listeners hear is begi. Begi, begi, begi. Uh, she is commanding herself, uh, run, run, run. Yeah. But uh, if she were to say, let's take it to the present tense, like, I run, how would she say that? She would say, ya bigu. Ya bigu? Yeah. And if she were male, would she say that differently? No, it's the same, the same. It's the same, okay. If she were talking about someone else, like Brian runs, how would she say that? Uh, she would say on a visit. On? And on. On. It's like he. Okay. Uh, bijit. Bijit. Yeah. So, you know, it's it, this word, it really transforms. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, the infinitive of this verb, it's bijat uh, or begat. But when you talk about another person, you transform this word. So you you would say, uh, on bijit, ana bijit. So yeah, it doesn't change. Okay, but and for the know. for our audience's benefit, on is he. Yeah. And ana is she. Yeah, that's right. So on you said bijit, no. Bijit. Bijit. Okay. And ana also bijit. Yeah, Anna Bijit. Anna Bijit. Okay, so we've got Ya Begu. Yeah. Which is I run. We've got yeah. On Bijit. 
Yeah. Which is he runs and on is it Anna or Anna? Anna. Anna Bejit. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. So and then the next thing they hear is uh Grusna, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm saying that correctly? Grusna, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Grusna. Okay, so she's saying Maybe if I sound really grusna, someone will take mercy on me. Uh, if you want to say, uh, mm, I'm sad. Uh-huh. No, I would say, you would say, мне грустно. You would just uh, modify the, uh, say, I mean, I. So, I, it's like, ya, yeah, uh-huh. but in this case, you would say, мне грустно. Okay. okay. If you want to say, he is, uh, he's sad, uh, or she said, uh, you would say, ему uh, грустно. Or it's for him, or yay uh, grusna for her. All right, let's go to Koshka. Nadia says, "Of course, there must be Koshka. I mean, cat living here already." Now, Koshka is the female cat, right? Yeah, yeah. What if, uh, what if she just meant like a general cat, and she didn't know if it was male or female? Uh, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, so you would also always uh, understand if it is male or female. For if it's male, you would say kot. Kot? Kot. Yeah. So the audience, like the people, would definitely understand that it's a, a male cat. And, yeah. yeah. If you were just, like, looking out the window and you just see a cat across the street, how would you refer to it? And you didn't know whether it was male or female? Yeah, it's... It depends, I don't know even on what, but like most most cases, I would say cot, cot as a, as a male. Cot? I mean, it depends on the appearance of the cat. <laughs> if it's like more, you know, it's like fat cat. <laughs> like for me, it means that it's cat like him. <laughs> it's a slim, slim cat. It's her. That I don't is know so why. funny. <laughs> What about like a like a playful name for a cat like kitty? Oh, for him we would say kotik. 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 And for her we would say koshechka. Ooh, say that again. <laughs> koshechka. 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 Yeah. Okay. <laughs> koshechka. Yeah. And if it's like a really uh, tiny cat, like a newborn cat, yes, you would say um, katyonak or. Katyonak. Yeah, right. <laughs> Katyonak. Yeah, or we would say like um, like kitty kitty like a uh, Katyonacek. So it's like a really tiny kitty. Uh, <laughs> so it's Katyonacek. Katyonacek. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really helpful. Katyonacek. <laughs> that's a fun word. So that that brings us to the word pridurak. Is this considered like a a curse word or just sort of like a rude word? Chad Henderson sounds like real pridurak. It's like a rude word. Uh, it's not a curse, but uh, it's. Um, I, th- I I would say that it's derived from the word uh, du- uh, durak, which is like a soft version, and durak. Uh, durak, yeah, and pridurak. I mean, it's not that harsh. It's not that, and that's not, not a curse wor- word. But you would definitely not say to somebody you like or you want to to be in a good relationship with. Okay, understood. Is it a word that um, you would not want a five-year-old child to use? Oh, no, definitely not. Okay, okay, definitely. Okay, so that's more of an adult word. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. And the, and the female version, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Okay. No, no, not at all. <laughs> so what word would you use for a female that you really, really didn't like? Uh, I mean, if it's not that harsh, than the curse word, I would say um, dura. I would does say that, dura. Does that have a K on the end, like durak? Yeah, it's like durak, but mm -hmm. for female, you would say dura. Dura. Yeah. But, like, I mean, I, I, like, I mean, not prefer, I, I try not to say <laughs> these words, but, like, I guess that uh, the best of all of these words would be uh, idiot for him. It's like an idiot in oh, English. Oh, yeah, that translates yeah. perfectly. Yeah, yeah, idiot uh, for him and idiotka. So you just add uh, ka. Okay. For her. Is that a yeah. is that a common thing to add ka on the end of words to make them female? Yeah, yeah, it's quite common. Oh, okay. I learned something. All <laughs> right. Let's uh, let's break down the phrase ya ne znaju. Я не знаю. Which is to say, I don't know. It translates to I don't know. Okay, so ya yeah. is I. Yeah. Okay. Uh, ne. It's not. Okay. Uh, or, I mean, in this case, I don't. Because, like, it's like a negative um, uh, negative particle. I guess it's like, we can call it like that. Okay. Uh, and znaju, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's the verb znat, uh, to know something. So, which transforms in znaju, because you're talking about yourself. So it starts out as znat? Yeah, znat is like um, uh, an infinitive. Oh, okay, okay. And then you go like, ya znaju, and then uh, if you want to tell to talk about uh, another person, you would say, um, ti znajesh. If you want to say it in plural, you would say, uh, vy znajete. So Whoa, say it, that again. So we, it's you. But if you want to tell uh, about many people, uh, or if you want to, like, um, uh, how, do, how do I explain it? If you are speaking with somebody who is uh, older than you or uh, high rank, more high, have a higher rank. Uh -huh. So it's like a polite version of, of you. So yeah, we have two forms of you. The first uh, one is uh, ti, which means that uh, we can say to uh, our friends, our family, which is more like a familiar way uh, to say it. And uh, if you want to say uh, you to, a, I don't know, to an older person, to a teacher in school, or to some uh, high-ranked uh, position man, we would say uh, we. Or we can also uh, say this we. Uh, to if there are a lot of people at the same time, so to a group of people. The the higher ranking word you're using is does that sound like uh, like we like the way the French say it? Is it does it sound the same? Uh, no, it's more um, like uh, it's not we, but like we. There's more... a v at the front, so we. Yeah. Okay, close maybe. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's perfect. Vli. Seriously, and then um, the. Tli, like, that's a difficult word for English speakers. Tli. Tli? Tli? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the last word I want to go over is when Nadia says, Privet. Privet. 
My name is Nadia. And yours? That means hello, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So when um when you're using like apps or something to study Russian, they always tell you that to say hello is this very long, difficult word. Здравствуйте. Здравствуйте. Yeah. Здравствуйте. When do you use each of those words? So yeah, the same uh, the same as a uh, ты or we. So you you would say привет to to somebody uh, like you know really well to your friends to you know, to your family or to to somebody that maybe you don't know but like uh, is the same age as you but it depends it also depends on the person and uh, you would say здравствуйте to to somebody that you you don't know that you meet for the first time or to a group of people or somebody who is older well, Elena, I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. Thank you, and uh, do svidanya. Do svidanya. <laughs> wow, if you've listened this far, you must be really interested in learning Russian. Hey, while you're here, would you do us a favor? Like, subscribe, leave us a little review. We would really appreciate that. Spasiba. Russian for Cats is written, directed, edited, and produced by me, Pam Cameron, with assistance from Jeff Callahan. Narration is voiced by Alexander Dotti. Nadia is voiced by Olga Kochetkova. Brian is voiced by Kyle Teichman. And Elena Vaktina is our Russian language consultant. And that's this week's show. Please be sure to check out the Sonic Society homepage at sonicsociety.org for upcoming news and episodes from the Sonic Society, which is now on the Mutual Audio Network at mutualaudionetwork.com. I guess this is as good a time as any to tell people they can get the Mutual Audio Network on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and of course, through the Apple Podcasts, otherwise known as iTunes. And if you're curious about what's up and coming on Mutual Audio, be sure to check the scheduling section. We keep an updated calendar of events for all our podcast days. And until we count down the days for next week, why not send us a note as to the new place at sonicsociety at gmail.com or drop us a line on the Twitter at Sonic Society or at AstroTour2010 or at Audio Mutual for that matter. Wherever you see us, be sure to join us back here next week for yet more Cats and Russian here at the Sonic Society. Until then, I'm David Alt. And I'm Jack Ward. Das Vidania, comrade! Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. This has been an Electric Vicuna production.